0: Hi and welcome to the Ernie Els Bunker Podcast. This is the third episode. We are going to be talking about the NFC North. Uh, just to recap, where they were last season: uh, Packers won the division, thirteen and three. Uh, Bears came in second at eight and eight. Uh, that was a wild card. Vikings in third at seven and nine, and the Lions in last at five and eleven. Uh, anything, anything to say there, John?
1: Nope, Packers had a pretty, pretty clear hole in the division last year. Um, yep, and just I will note,
0: they did end up going to the NFC Championship game and lost to Tampa uh, by, by one score, so five points or so. And the Bears lost first round to the Saints. Surprise, surprise. Um, I guess we'll get more into that when we start going through the teams. Uh, just look at the quarterbacks each time in each division. Uh, this one I think is pretty clear. Uh, top dog is Kirk cousins uh, followed by... <laughs> i can't even do it no I'm kidding uh, no Aaron rodgers obviously number one um, I actually do have cousins at two I've golf at third and then I have Dalton last slash fields because I think it's only a matter of time until fields takes it, or takes the reins there.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I have the exact same uh, same rankings as uh, as you do there. I think you know Rogers clear cut number one. All jokes aside, um, number two, I think he's a, he's a solid quarterback. He's a little bit ahead ahead of Jared Goff for me, who will be in a new situation this year in Detroit. Um, Andy Dalton coming in, in the four spot.
0: All right. Um, cool. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we'll just jump right into it. Start with the Packers. Won the division. Uh, Again, I think they're probably set up pretty well to succeed, but uh, first off, just wanted to kind of address some of the Aaron Rodgers drama. Um, Yeah, so he's probably one of the best to play the game, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. Um, I think it would be very Aaron Rodgers to have all this commotion, all this drama in the offseason. A little bit of a, I don't know if you want to call it a holdout, but I guess he'd ended up reporting, but, uh, <laughs> and then he has all this happen. And then I could see him just going and win a Super Bowl. Um, he, I think, I think one of the things, too, I just wanted to kind of address here is I think he's a bit of a diva. Uh, I think, I think he wants to be known as the best quarterback in the NFL. And the fact that he lost to Brady in the NFC championship game, I think, eats at him. And I think he's kind of – I think some of that off-season drama was just kind of like misplaced anger at the situation because he knows he's the best. And honestly, I, he probably has a better talent at quarterback. I think he can do a little more than Brady can. Um, but it's hard to make the argument that he's better than him when Brady just goes out and just keeps winning and has however many Super Bowl rings to show for – what does he have now, seven, six? Yeah, seven. Seven, yeah. So I think – I think that actually gets under his skin, despite his very calm demeanor in in press conferences. And it's just one of those things. Like he's he's a competitor at heart, and he knows he's good. He can make all the throws, and he knows he can probably do more than Brady in that matter. But he just couldn't get over the hump there and and beat his and beat the all time great Tom Brady. And I, I think that's part of why there's all this. Commotion in the off season, and I know you probably had some disagreements with the front office, but that—that's kind of that's kind of my take on it. I don't know if you have a
1: yeah, anything to uh, add there. No, I, I I agree with a lot of that. I didn't know uh, you had a, a sneaky degree in psychology there, but I, I agree <laughs> with a lot of that analysis. I think that he was clearly, you know, um, you know, obviously some of it has to do with you know Packers and the decisions they've made in his eyes. that's what he that's what he claimed it was. drafting Jordan Love and, and kind of letting go of some of the players that you know he had relationships he liked before. Um, but that's part of the business. but I agree that I think a lot of it was just just kind of frustration that you know all that great regular season they had they finally had home field for him in a, in a championship game. And he still couldn't get the job done. Um, You know, I mean, the team couldn't get the job done, but he was, uh, you know, he was a big part of that. And, you know, lost to Brady in his home turf. And, and, you know, Brady went on to win a seventh Super Bowl. I mean, you could even go down to the fact that he played a a golf with Bryson DeChambeau against Brady and Phil Mickelson. And they (laughs) they ended up winning that um, to even just kind of get some kind of revenge on Brady. So, but, yeah, obviously – I'm uh, not on the golf course, on the gridiron this year. So, yeah, I think it was kind of kind of much ado about nothing. I mean, you know, like we said, it's kind of a last dance type scenario potentially. You know, I think he posted that on one of his social media stories, as did a couple teammates. So, you know, what it seems like is he's locked in for this year in Green Bay, and that's what it comes down to. So for the 2021 season, we expect Aaron Rodgers to be – you know, on the team, obviously, I would expect a couple frosty press conferences and stuff. But I think that he will be motivated, um, you know, on the field to to get the job done this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and just just real quick, I don't know. Did you see him on Jeopardy? Loved him yeah. as a host. I yeah, thought he was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, uh, he filled those shoes well. I'm a little a little sad he's not there full time, but maybe after football, there's there's a job for him.
1: Yeah, could be. <laughs> could very well be.
0: But uh, yeah, and, and one of the things I have written down here is uh, winning helps all. So really, I think if the Packers get rolling, they're going to put all this offseason drama behind them. They're going to just kind of forget about it, and they're going to focus on the season and the ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl. Um, and, and Packers are on the short list for me to actually be one of those contenders. Um, I guess I'll come around to that. Uh, just kind of go through the roster real quick. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, who's talked about him, one of the best. Um, Aaron Jones, a running back. Um, oh, boy. What, uh, MVS, I have Valdez Scantling. I don't know his first name. I forget. Uh, Lazard, Cobb, and, of course, Devontae Adams. Uh, it's, it's just some great talents as a receiver uh, and only made better by Aaron Rodgers. Um, one of the things I noted, too, for Rodgers – I think one of one of the keys to his success is just how well he runs the play action. He, uh, <laughs> through one interception in running play action, which is much better than all the other quarterbacks, 21 TDs for play action, far ahead of the next best, uh, and then compared to 27 TDs on non-play action plays. So, I mean, he's just lighting up all over the place. But I think the play action, uh, for me, is actually one of the things that when I'm looking and capping like, individual games, I kind of weight that a little more. Um, I don't want to get to say too much, but I, I I weight that a little more than some of the other passing metrics to kind of produce my own simulated line and the Packers run the play action very well. So I think that's going to lead to a lot of success for them. Um, and we talk a lot about the offense. They get a lot of the, the spotlight, but the defense is also just very, very good. They had a lot of younger guys last year that kind of had, um, I'll call it, like, a step-up year. So I think they're only going to get better into this year as well. Uh, Zadarius Smith as an ed- edge rusher is just fantastic, creates the pressure. Uh, Adrian Amos, Jared Alexander, Darnell Savage, uh, three great coverage guys in the back. Um, and just another thing to note, I think they were just a very good tackling team statistically, uh, which uh, might not sound like much or it might sound kind of simplistic, but... That means those guys, when they're getting to the guy, they're getting them down. They're not getting extra yards, which really helps out. Uh, but, yeah, this, I think this team really just checks all the boxes for me. Uh, <laughs> great experienced quarterback, good offense, a lot of returning players, uh, solid defense, and they have a winning culture in Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, they're on the short list for me to win the Super Bowl. And you go through each game. And obviously, they're not. I don't think they're going to go seventeen and now. I'm not saying that, but you go through each game in your cabinet, and you can make an argument that they're going to win every game. Um, do I think that happens? No. I, I have them at thirteen and four, but I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about the Packers. Yeah, that's, what you uh, expect for the season?
1: I'm I'm on a similar uh, you know similar wavelength with you with when it comes to the Packers. I think that you know you the roster is really pretty stacked. Offensively, to go along Rodgers, they have all kinds of weapons. They have a two, backfield now with uh, Aaron Jones, obviously being the being the stud. But then AJ Dillon is a big bruising back that you know had some in the year, um, and you know is a, about two hundred forty pounds. You're not going to want to tackle him in January. So you know that, like you said, just sets up the play at where you know to go along with Dante Adams also traded for. Uh, kind of to appease Aaron Rodgers, drafted a guy in the third round by the name of Amari Rogers. So they have another a Rogers in their, in their uh, (laughs) offensive group, just to confuse everyone. But yeah, real key to me too, is like, you know, you can have all the skill guys in the world, but if your offensive line isn't going to hold up, it's not going to make a difference, which is the case for a, a few teams but the Packers have a really strong offensive line to complement that. So it's led by their left tackle, David Bakhtiari, who's actually coming off of an uh, ACL tear last season. I think he should be healthy. Probably he should return some september or October. Um, but some other good pieces. Elkton Jenkins is, a, is an all-pro as well in there. So, you know, they really have a – a good offensive line, which is uh, you know the key to keeping Rodgers upright and to being able to utilize their weapons. And yeah, defensively, they have a lot of talent, uh, especially in the secondary. Um, Jair Alexander is probably he's probably a top three corner in the game now. So you know you can yep. stick him on a number one, um, and he'll he'll come down. He's proven that the last few seasons. Um, you know some good good pieces at safety and Savage and Amos. Uh, good pass rushers and, uh, you know, Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, uh, Rashawn Gary, and uh, they have an interior guy too. That's uh, that's a beast as well. I'm forgetting his name right now, but yeah, you know, it's uh, probably the inside. Is the only Kenny side, Clark. I'd say. Yeah. Kenny Clark, exactly. The nose tackle. He, oh. he can really disrupt the passer. So, yeah, I yep. think they're a really complete team. I think that, um, you know, I'm pretty much on the same outlook as you. I'm thinking about 12, um but yeah, they brought in the draft, they brought in another cornerback, um Eric Georgia with their first round pick. He's got a lot of speed, so you know he should hopefully be able to um you know address any any matchup problems they've had, you know. Back to the championship game. One of the one of the blunders that sticks with me is that um first half and they let up about a touchdown to, to Scotty Miller that Brady threw, which was, was a pretty Pretty inexcusable play that you know might have cost them the game and a trip to the Super Bowl. But I think uh, I think they have a good shot to be back, like you said.
0: Yeah, and and seriously, like when you when you just go through the schedule, I, <laughs> and you might have already done this, but I'm just I'm just going to do this for for an exercise here. Saints win, Detroit win at San Fran. I, I think that's going to be a tough game for them. Called a loss. Pittsburgh, they should be able to win. At Cincy, they should be able to win. Chicago, win. Washington, win. Cardinals, win. KC could be tough. We'll call it a loss. Seattle should be able to uh, take care of them. Minnesota, uh, Rams should be a tough one. Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit. Like, there's really not, <laughs> I don't, they just don't have any tough stretchers in the schedule.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I just don't see them losing to mediocre teams. I, yeah. I just really don't see that happening. So, I, I do like them. Uh, as a 13 win team, 13 and four is kind of where I have them projected. Yep. Um, the alt over, I think at 12 and a half is kind of uh, tempting. The only thing with the overs, I, I generally am more of an alt under guy, um, just because when you go over, there's you run a lot of risk, uh, especially with injury, um, and that kind of gets into the next point, like. I'll kind of pose this as a question. Like, if how do you, what happens? What would need to happen to the Packers for them to not be successful and win the division? I think the only answer I can really think of is Aaron Rodgers gets hurt.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think, um, you know, to answer your question first, yeah, clearly yeah. It has to do with Rodgers, you know, obviously injury. I think the only other thing, you know, potentially for some reason, isn't you know isn't as motivated or kind of creates like a you know a rift in the locker room you know the the veteran players kind of side with him where some of the you know maybe the younger guys are kind of on the management or coaching staff um you know i think just that just that kind of like they once once the season starts i think they'll be able to pull put all Them, so I don't think it'll be an issue, but you know, that's one other thing that I think could be a stumbling block for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really don't see any of that being too much of an issue. Again, I think just winning helps cure everything, and that's what I anticipate them doing. Um, the to win the division, they're minus 145. I mean honestly like just from a probability standpoint there's probably value on it but i am it's just not worth the money to to bet the future at that those odds uh so i'm just just not gonna bother um super bowl odds 12 to 1 i love that the one thing i will mention here is you're not going to get a better odds for them to win the super bowl Uh, i think it's only going to go down from here so if you want to do it get in now I'll probably have that future bet and have that ticket uh, locked in at twelve to one. Well, I, I think, like I, think I think they were third or third or fifth. I can't remember off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can. I think yeah, that in terms of betting the division, there's not that much value there. It's just just solids and then, but yeah, twelve to one for them to win the Super Bowl. I really like that because I think they have a good shot at division. So, you know, that's in the playoffs and, you know, getting a home playoff game. So, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think actually to kind of go back into like the psychology aspect of it, like you, you had mentioned that it's the understanding of everyone in the Packers organization that this is Aaron Rodgers last year. So everyone I would think would be even more motivated to win and get it done. Cause they're like, well, he's probably the best thing, chance of winning the Super Bowl I have in my career. I'm going to play as hard as I possibly can for 17 weeks, and then I'm going to win three three straight games to win a Super Bowl, and three or four depending on where they are. But I, I think that's actually kind of a uh, positive for them. To be honest, I think it's going to motivate people more. So I, I we'll see. But I have very high expectations for the Packers.
1: Yep. No. I that. I'll be out to prove that you know they should they should. From him, um, you know, at this point, so I think you know, I'm a person, even if that is you know, egotistical or whatnot, I think that and to perform at a high level, just like he did last year, where he was the, end the so, yep, pretty high expectations for both of us.
0: Yep, all right, second place team in the division, Chicago, duh, Bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think the Bears really. Uh, Nothing really excites me too much. I think the big story here is uh, when will Andy Dalton get benched <laughs> uh, and when will Justin Fields take over at QB? I was kind of just running through some scenarios in my head. I, I don't know where you have it, but I was kind of thinking, you look at Chicago. Uh, week four, they go or um, Detroit comes to play them at, at home. Uh, Detroit being one of the worst teams in the NFL, if not the worst. I could see them wanting to maybe get him out there for that game. I don't know if that's too soon, but I I really just, it it seems like starting Dalton's more a formality to me. Um, They're just they just don't want to throw a rookie out there right away. Give give him some time to watch some film, watch some games, watch Dalton play. But I I could see him as early as week four, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I don't know if you have any comments.
1: Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know you.
0: I know you're a Justin Fields guy. I know you like him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll take a step back on this issue. So I mean, I, you know, it's two levels here. Last year, the Bears, just to recap quickly, their 2020 season, eight and eight, they snuck into the back end of the playoffs. I think they were the seventh seed, six or seventh seed, and they and they went to New Orleans and and they got killed. They didn't really have a chance in that game. So they had a quarterback situation last year was a rotation of Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky and Andy, and uh, excuse me, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles, who actually Nick Foles is still on the roster, but you know, they each had their time at quarterback last season. Neither of them, they, they ended up going with Trubisky for the stretch run, but you know, he wasn't much better than just a very marginal quarterback. So that position needed to be addressed so in the offseason they went out and signed Andy Dalton um you know with Joe Burrow being in Cincinnati uh you know Andy Dalton got cut loose um you know he's a he's a capable veteran but you know his prime and and was never was never an elite quarterback you know he was a he was a good quarterback and at his best but I think he's you know regressed a little from that um Nick's still on the roster but yeah obviously big move for them in the offseason was to um, select Justin Fields in the draft. They they traded up from 20 spot to move up to number 18 uh, where they traded where the Giants gave up that pick. So they gave up their first rounder, number 20, next year's first rounder, I believe a fourth round pick and a 50, fifth round pick, one one being in 2022. So, you know, to go up and get your quarterback in the future, not not a bad trade. I think it was a good move for them. I think that Justin Up being a good quarterback in the NFL, I think that I'm surprised he fell as far as he did. But my concern is just this Chicago. So I think does have a high ceiling. I think that there's a lot of issues on the offense here. So all this getting back, Bears are going to be in win now mode this year because Matt Nagy and Ryan their head coach and GM are the hot seat from you know just not having success some bad moves in recent years so i th- that's why that's kind of their reasoning for starting dalton at least they've named him the week one starter as of week two in the preseason so i think they'll start with andy dalton but yeah he's gonna have a pretty short leash if they start out zero and two oh and three you know one and three I think that, you know, already Bears fans want to see Justin Fields because, you know, why wouldn't you want to see Justin Fields over Andy Dalton as a fan? Um, but, yeah, I think he'll have a short leash. I think that, you know, they'll kind of throw him to the Wolves with uh, the, the Rams in week one. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Do- Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey-led defense is a tough tough matchup in week <laughs> one. But, you know, that's probably a loss for them. And, yeah, I think he might get one or two more games, and I think you're looking at, you know, Fields anywhere from week – week four to about week seven, um, unless, you know, Dalton surprises and they have a, have a hot start. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just personally, I think, um, just kind of draft strategy. I am not a huge fan of kind of leveraging your future to go draft a quarterback, no matter how good he is in college. Uh, that's just kind of my opinion. I, I really think the, the, the blueprint for, uh, a successful team is really you. You assemble all the pieces around, and then you go get a proven quarterback and you pay there. Um, I I think also too one of the things like a, a defensive end I think is probably one of the best like most immediate effects impacts on on the field uh, for for these teams to draft. Um, whereas like a quarterback, you're really developing over time and it is a bit of a gamble. Uh, there's a lot of first round busts. I'm not too sold on fields. There's a stigma about Ohio state quarterbacks too. Um, Troy Smith, Terrell Pryor, Cardell Jones, Dwayne Hoskins. Uh, where are they now? Not in the NFL. Um, <laughs> there's just something about these OSU quarterbacks that just haven't panned out. <sighs> And it could just be they're just in a system in college where they're throwing to guys who have three yards of open space, um, and then they get to the NFL and those holes tighten up, and it's just not as easy. It just doesn't translate well. I don't know. I don't. It could just be coincidence, but thought it was worth noting. Um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, they they've got some pieces. Uh, I th- I think you're right. Like it's really. They might be in win-now mode um, mentally, but looking in on paper and just looking at this team, it's really, I think, kind of the first year of a building phase, really, uh, especially with Fields being new. Uh I'm out time until he comes in. Uh, one of the pieces on the offense, though, Alan Robinson, he, he had a sneaky good year last year. And I just want to – I thought this was kind of funny to note – I was on uh, PFF's PFF's rankings for wide receiver for the 2020 season, and it took me a second to realize that I was actually filtered on the entire NFL. I thought I was just on the NFC North because they have Devontae Adams followed by Justin Jefferson. Then you have Allen Robinson down at number five and Thielen at six. I that blew my mind that those four, four receivers all in the FC North were well inside the top 10 and, and fun fact too, uh, Stefan Diggs was number four, not Uh, uh, a shortly removed from the Vikings. Seriously. Yeah. They're, they're really uh, developing these, these receivers really well in Minnesota and well, they're drafting. Well, Justin Jefferson's fantastic. We'll, we'll get to him. But yeah, Allen Robinson, just sneaky good year. Uh, I think it's only going to help uh, when Fields comes in to have a target like that. Uh, the one thing I – and and I guess we have to say, oh, Khalil Mack is a beast. Yeah, he's going to get his, th- his his pressure. Um, but there's really not too much to get excited about in the defense. They're, I, I'd say they, they're going to have some people to get pressure, uh, but the, the overall coverage is average. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really expect them to – do too much there, um, Matt Nagy. I was actually I was a heat, well, man, I'm central guy actually, which is interesting. Um, but he's uh, he was really really interesting at, at, the, at the start of his career, and I feel like he kind of just got worse with his play calling. Uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what that would be. Maybe it's just the talent around him, and he just doesn't feel like. He or he didn't feel like Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles could execute what he wanted, um, but yeah, I I just feel like the Bears are stuck kind of in that limbo zone of being a five hundred team and getting an average draft pick for a very long time. I don't really see too much uh, hope for them in, in this season. I have them at like five and twelve, which would favor the under betting, uh, but it's I'm not touching it. Yeah, and to win the division they're plus 250 but that i think that's a waste of money or no, I actually think they're plus 400 but they're it's a waste of money packs they're gonna win the division so i'm i'm not going anywhere near with uh, betting the bears so
1: yeah no i don't i i agree with a lot of that i don't i'm pretty low on the bears as well i'm 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 a lot higher in justin Fields, but i i really don't like the situation that he's going into um you know, they're in that situation where, you know, Matt Nagy, the coach, and Ryan Pace, the GM, this is likely their their last year before they get fired if they don't have, you know, a, success, a successful season. Um, Probably double-digit wins and a playoff appearance, maybe a playoff win, and I just don't see that in the cards at all for this team. I think that I'm kind of just hoping that they don't play Justin Fields till at least later in the season, because, you know, one of Justin Fields' concerns is his durability, probably, probably his biggest concern of mine. Cause I think everything else, he really checks all the boxes, had an incredible college career, um, you know, torch Clemson's defense for six touchdowns in the, in the college football playoff semifinals. So clearly he can perform at a, at a big stage in pressure games, but, with the Bears, I mean, Allen Robinson is a stud. He's really underrated. Never really got the credit being in Jacksonville before this, and and being with uh, you know middle middle tier, and that's generous quarterbacks in Chicago. But unfortunately, the Bears' offensive line is is not in a good spot. They're uh, they released their starting left tackle, which I'm not sure why they did that. Charles Leno, um, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I think. Um so they're starting a guy at left tackle named Elijah Wilkinson. At least that's what their depth chart says right now. So I looked this guy up. He he started seven games for for Denver as their right tackle last year. Um so I guess they expect this guy to just come in and, and protect the blind side of of Dalton or Fields. Um their second round pick, Tevin Jenkins, who is uh an offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. He was pretty highly regarded, but slipped a little bit due to injury concerns. I think he's having another back surgery, so he's out for the season. So they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of talent at the offensive line position. So I think that is going to spell disaster for whoever's a quarterback.
0: Yeah, and that's so. especially uh, unfortunate with having the rookie, and you really want him to shine. So it's going to be tough for him to do so. Yeah, if-
1: exactly. For with always being under
0: pressure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For his own good. I hope he doesn't at least play it all about halfway through the season. Um, but yeah. And then defensively, I think that, yeah, Khalil Mack is a stud. Um, Akeem Hicks is a good player as well. Um, but yeah, they, you know, I think they were middle of the pack defense last year. I think they might've been 13th or 14th and in, uh, in points per game allowed. I think they'll be, you know, right around that same mark this year, but, I don't think their offense is going to do them any favors. I think they're going to put them in a lot of bad situations and you know, the defenses can only do so much. So yeah, I kind of like them around six wins or so this year. I think we're on the same page with that. So yeah, no, no value to win the division. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the win totals look like. Um, But yeah, I I don't think I'd, uh, I don't think I have any plays on that either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm staying away. Um, that it, I, really just nothing to be excited about for the bears for me. Uh, so I'm ready to go to the Vikings. Oh, Kirk cousins. Oh, I think just as a pure passer, he's good on paper. Like, and what I mean by that is he'll have like good completion percentage. He'll put up TDs. He'll get yards. He, it doesn't really turn the ball over too much. Um, but just year after year, there just seems to be something missing. And I, I don't know necessarily if like, there's a stat or anything like that could, that could me- measure this, but he just doesn't seem to have the clutch factor. Like when you need a touchdown, I I'd, I'd have zero confidence in Kirk Cousins to go down the field and get it in like the last two minutes of the game. Um, he, he doesn't really run the play action all that well. Uh, he, I just, I, he just don't, I don't trust him in close games is really what it comes down to. Uh, and he's also got this weird thing with like on social media, like he'll have a picture of him growing something weird and people just like light him up for like He had a portobello mushroom on it and it's some, like weird ass meat. The one time that there was people were speculating like, Oh, it's like ostrich or elephant or something. But I don't know. He's, he's kind of a weirdo. Um, I honestly, I'm the Vikings and the bears are kind of just toss ups to me. just not, I think the Vikings are a little better. I think they have a lot more talent, and Kirk Cousins, although I think he's a goofball, he he's not a bad, guy, and he's much better than what they have in Chicago. So I I wouldn't be shocked if they have more wins than them. Uh, again, I think we already talked about this. Justin Jefferson and Thielen, uh, it's a great duo, um, a receiver and. You never know. They could they could really produce and help that offense uh, and kind of make up for such a shoddy defense. Um, defensively, they got scored on so much last year. I, I scrolled through it and there might have been like two or three games where they didn't get posted up on by 30 plus points. So it's hard to really win consistently in the NFL when your defense is doing that. Uh, they really didn't add much on that side of the ball so I don't see that improving uh, their secondary is just awful a lot of holes there um, so yeah that's that's kind of where I'm at with the Vikings have them at a seven and ten kind of middle of the pack to lower
1: um, yeah. yeah so I'll start I'll start with the defense yeah I, I had them at 29th in points per game last year um, giving up just under 30 points per game which obviously is very good. Uh, so I think that'll be their, probably their Achilles heel again this year. So I looked at their acquisitions. So they they signed Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breeland, um, both cornerbacks and, and free agency this offseason. Um, Peterson's 31 and Breeland's 29. So it's it's interesting to me that, you know, they kind of tried to patch this position up through pre, through free agency with some some veteran guys. I think, you know, Peterson has definitely lost a step or two. Um, You know, Breland's a a solid cornerback, but nothing to really write home about. Um, So, you know, I think their defense is still, might marginally improve, but I think it's still going to struggle this year. Um, But I think that I I do like, I do like their offense. Uh, You know, I think you summed up Kirk Cousins pretty well. Um, You know, his his weird grilling habits aside, I think he's uh, a guy that puts up stats at the quarterback position. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily trust him. You know, he's not going to put up a lot of game-winning drives. I think that he struggles against pressure. Um, that's one of the things I've looked at before where he's, uh, you know, when when the blitz comes or when there's, you know, free rushers, he he does not do well. He, he did a little better last year than he has previously in his career. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at the skill position players that he's got around him, you know, Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Justin had had a great year. You mentioned they were both top ten in the you know the PFF ratings for the for wide receivers last year. Um, So you know you got that to build on. Irv Smith is their tight end. He's a he's a pretty solid piece. Um, You know in the draft with their first round pick they selected Christian Darisaw, who is a who is a left tackle out of Virginia Tech. So he might not start right away, but he's got, he's got really high upside. So I, I, you know, I like what they did there. And, you know, this is an example of an organization and and a GM who is able to use the draft effectively and and kind of stockpile picks and draft capital for the future. So an example, while they didn't have a second round pick this year, they had four, four, third round picks and three, fourth round picks in the draft. So that's, you know, that, and that's, that's your best option with the draft usually is to just kind of get a lot of picks and then just kind of throw some darts at the dartboard. And, you know, if they get, if they get three or four good players out of their entire draft, you know, that can, that can really turn a team around. So, you know, with one of those fourth round or one of those third round picks, they selected Kellen Mond, who's a quarterback out of Texas A&M. So, you know, that that's probably the, you know, the contingency plan to get a young guy in there behind Kirk Cousins and learn from him. Um, you know Mond is actually a pretty high upside guy um, for a third round pick he, he has a pretty big arm he's a pretty pretty big guy pretty athletic guy um, and I think he could actually work out maybe in the next couple years um, learning behind Kirk Cousins getting a grasp of the offense and you know being behind um, all those weapons so I have I have the Vikings at about about eight wins this year I think they could maybe even get to nine wins get a winning record but I think that's going to really depend on if the defense can, you know, take a step forward from last year.
0: Yeah, no, all good stuff. Um, Yeah, I think, too, it's just like a common theme with the draft that you're going to see people or teams place less of a premium on these first-round picks and kind of just value having picks more so than having higher picks. And I think that's kind of what we're starting to see. Um, But, yeah, I mean – (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm finding like I'm I'm not even I'm not even like that excited to talk about the Bears or, or the Vikings or the Lions just because I think the Packers have so much upside. So it's there's really no point. Um, but yeah, they have some they have some solid pieces and they're going to win some games because they have talent. And and for, we didn't even, we didn't even mention Dalvin Cook. Uh, yeah, I think he's actually one of the better backs. And I've we've said this on earlier pods where running backs don't really matter, but I think he's kind of an exception because of his uh, dynamic ability to run the ball and catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, I think he's on a short list with Kamara McCaffrey, um, probably forgetting another one, but those, those guys are all up there because they're able to catch his passes. So I think he really does open the offense up. Um, and if he's used correctly, I think he could probably give Kirk Cousins some extra time, uh, given like a play action threat. So uh, we'll see how, how they use him and if they can call effective plays. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of a middle of the pack team for me.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I have. Any any bets on the win line or anything? All wins for you? Nope. Nope.
0: These, the, it's hard when you have these like middle of the pack teams because it's yeah. like you're saying I I have them at seven and ten, but if they went like you said, if they went nine and eight, and I really wouldn't be shocked if they went five and twelve. All right, I, I, it's just I, yeah, <laughs> there's just right. such a, a wider gap, I think. Yep. But um,
1: yep, but yeah, I agree yeah. with that, and especially um, because like we mentioned, like you got these teams that you know have a one or two game swing playing each other. So you know the Vikings are playing the Bears twice, and you know, yep. if you're not super confident on one of the teams, that means, you know, you're probably not as confident on the other team as well. So, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, just in last and least, uh, the Detroit <laughs> Lions. Uh, in my notes, I just have they suck. Uh, <laughs> literally the only thing I wrote down. Um, it shocked me when I went through the depth chart. I didn't recognize one of the names I think the TJ Hawkinson, the the tight end, <laughs> he's one of the guys I I knew by name. Uh Goff obviously. Um I just I honestly I don't have anything good to say about the Lions. Um I, I'll leave it open to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I got a little more a little more notes than, than just they suck. But yeah, they were they were five and eleven last year. Um, you know, to recap in twenty twenty. Uh, you know, struggled. We're not a good team. So in the offseason, we had mentioned in the in the NFC West Pod, but you know, they traded Matthew Stafford, who had been there for, you know, ten plus years to the LA Rams in exchange they got Jared Goff, um, as well as two first round picks. So I think that, you know, the, po- the positive I'd say about the Lions is they're, they're setting themselves up in a good position for the future for, you know, 2023, like, like five 2023, years 2024. down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to be a one or two year rebuild. This is, this is going to take yep. some time for sure. Um, I yep. think they're, you know, I think the front office is doing a decent job of that. Um, but with that being said for this year, I'm not expecting good things. You know Dan Campbell, I thought was a was a pretty questionable hire. Um, you know he he's pretty entertaining to listen to for sure in press conferences. He drinks, uh, you know, two forty-ounce coffees with uh, shots of espresso in them um, each day. So fire you know, him up. He he's got that going for him, that's for sure. But yeah, in terms of in terms of the team, I mean, I think that they have probably the worst receiving core in the league. Um, I think yep. their starters are Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perryman, which, you know, if you told me those guys weren't even in the NFL anymore, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be that shocked. But no, they're they're the Detroit Lions starters this year. So I think that Jared Goff's, you know, not in a good position, is not going to have, um, you know, Sean McVay calling plays. So exactly. I think that their offense yep. is going to be, you know, kind of a disaster. I think the defense has some young pieces that they're, you know, trying to try to rebuild the lines. Um, you know, Jeff Acuda coming out last year, I liked cornerback, um, but he struggled last year. So we'll see if he can take a step forward. Uh, the one notable thing from the draft I thought was that they drafted Penny Sewell, who's an offensive tackle. He's a left tackle. He played at, uh, at Oregon and, um, but they're actually moving him to the right side right away. So they, you know, they got this generational left tackle from college and they're, they're instantly moving into the right side. So, you know, that, that could be a red flag for me. Um, the head scratch, for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have Taylor Decker signed for four, four more years and, and 60 million. So 15 per year. So they're deciding to leave him at left tackle and uh, make Sewell switch positions. So, you know, I, I might expect him to struggle this year, um, and you know, might not be nearly as good as he was at, as a left tackle in college. So, definitely a head scratcher for a top a top ten pick to you know make him switch positions right away. But we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have too much more to add on the Lions. I don't think they're going to be a very good team this year. I don't think they're going to be a very good team next year. Um, but they do have some they do have some uh, you know future draft capital. So um, you know, future years maybe. There's hope for uh, for for Lions fans.
0: Yeah, and the one thing I will touch on here is, um, Jared Goff went from the best situation he could probably have been in, to maybe the worst situation he could have been in. Um, And Goff isn't a guy I think that's out there that's going to create offense on his own. I think he needs a system. I think he can definitely execute when he's in in one of like for example like Sean McVay's system and and his offense. He can definitely execute there, and and he did. He had he had some success, um, but obviously not enough because he's out of there. So that's what they think of him. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That was one of the worst Super Bowls to watch. But anyway, (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. That I just. I think we're really going to see how bad Goff is uh, this season. It's going to be partially him. Uh, it's going to be partially the coaching, the play call, uh, partially the O-line being terrible, partially the wide receivers being terrible. So it's. I think it's just, honestly, it's the perfect storm for this team to just be awful. Um, I'm angry because they play on Thanksgiving every every year. and <laughs> They have yet to really put out a great product since... I'm going back to the Megatron years with yep. with Stafford throwing to him. That was actually exciting. Yep. Uh, even last year with Galladay, uh, he was he was a fun player to watch. But now he's he's out of there. So,
1: yep. they lost both both Galladay and Marvin Jones. um are with different teams. Uh, you know, Galladay in New York, and Marvin Jones is on Jacksonville now. So those are big losses for the team. And I think you know, I think like you said, they're they're pretty much just you know I won't I won't call it outright tanking, but I think they're perfectly content to just let this year play out and just be, you know, a a bottom bottom feeding team and get a top 5 draft pick last year and they have an additional first round pick and just and just try and rebuild that way, you know, give give Jared Goff this a chance to see if he can be more than uh, than we expect him to be, but I I think, you know, given given what he has to work with and given his uh his shortcomings even in the Sean McVay offense, um yeah, you know, I think uh I think it'll be a, a rough year for him and for the team.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And and their schedule does not help things out. Like here is <laughs> listen to their first three games. San Fran, Green Bay, Baltimore. Yeah, Just, th- there's uh... an O and three start right off the bat. I, yeah. I, I, I mean I I don't know the look ahead lines. I can't imagine them being favored in any of these games. Um that being said I do think there's actually a lot of value uh, at taking the alt unders. So I think their over/under is around four, four and a half. Um, I didn't even write that down. I think you go lower than that. I think you're looking either at under three and a half at plus two hundred or under two and a half at plus four ten. They 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 are offering under one and a half. I'd probably stay away from that. I think they can probably fall into two wins. But I, if they if they were a two and fifteen team, I I would not be shocked. Yeah. Uh, and I probably will get pretty aggressive with this one. Um, I it's it's just so hard to make an argument argument for them to beat a team. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I have nothing more to say about the Lions.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's pretty accurate to me as well. I think that you know, with this division, they play the Packers twice. And I think even though the Bears and Vikings aren't great teams, I think they're still, you know, a good amount above the Lions. So, you know, that's probably probably six losses right there. And then, you know, tough schedule with the AFC, um, the AFC teams that they play. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't think there's going to be very much uh very much success this year so uh buckle up if you're a De- detroit fan um it might be some might be some rough outcomes this year but hopefully uh brighter things to come in the couple years
0: yeah and uh don't worry about missing any nfl action if you eat early on thanksgiving because <laughs> it's just really not worth your time unless you have the old under at two and a half at plus four ten <laughs> you can really root for them. so yeah that that wraps up the nsc north for me um just to kind of summarize, I think there's a lot of talent, uh, a lot of a lot of good uh, position players, but ultimately the Packers are the more complete team, and I expect them to do very well, make the playoffs again, make a pretty good run, and I think they're a great bet to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's no, a uh, it's pretty pretty good summer, I think. You know, the Packers are head and shoulders, um, you know, above the other teams. I think the Vikings and Lions are definitely on the in a rebuild mode. I'm not even sure what the bears are doing. They're kind of, kind of in uh no man's land, but yeah, but yeah we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what happens in 2021 in the North.
0: Yeah. I'm excited. And uh, we'll get back to you next, next pod with little NFC South. I'm pretty excited to get through that one. There's a lot of talent there, so probably a lot to talk about. And yeah. uh, that, that, that's a wrap.